welcome to a special edition of EWTN Bookmark coming to you from the Napa Institute. And our guest from the West Coast is Father William M. Watson, SJ, a presenter of a book called Romic and Wanda, The Great Political Faith and Love Story of the 20th Century. Great to have you on. Nice to be here, Doug. Now, you didn't write this book, so why are you talking about this book and who did write it? Uh, well, it was written by the highest ranking communist official who ever defected to the West, Ramold Spasovsky. Um, I met him uh, late in life after he had defected. Uh, I was deeply impacted by him as a person. Uh, I only knew him for a short period before he passed away. I knew his wife for 17 years after, Wanda. Uh, and the book had a huge impression on me, and I've been trying to get it published, reprinted for I about see. eight or nine years. Now, the original title was The Liberation of One. Why did he choose that title, and why did you decide to change the title with the new publication? Okay. The uh, title was uh, a takeoff of his father's communist manifesto. His father was the leading communist intellectual in pre-World War II Poland. Uh, the Smysowski name was as famous as Kennedy Bush in the United States. And the manifesto that uh, Ramek's father wrote was called The Liberation of Man. Mm -hmm. And when the Nazis invaded Poland, because it's, he was such a high-ranking communist, they thought for sure the Soviet Union would grant them entry. So they got to the border of Poland and the Soviet Union and were turned back mm -hmm. by the Soviets because a deal had already been struck between the Nazis and the Soviets right. for the partitioning of Poland. Right. So after Romek's defection, his conversion, he realized that uh, the liberation of man only happens one person at a time. So he, his book is The Liberation of One. Right. And it's now, how Christ works in people's lives. Now, you, you met him in 95 when you were, at, what, at Georgetown? Yes. Now, a student showed up who you didn't know, invited you to go someplace. What happened? Right. I, was, I had just finished uh, evening mass in Dahlgren Chapel, and a student came into the sacristy, an undergraduate uh, from the School of Foreign Service, uh, Jakob Griegel, whose father actually was the original founder of the John Paul Institute of the Family in Rome. Oh, wow. And so he asked me if I would come and do a, a mass for a friend of the family who was bedridden with cancer. Mm -hmm. And so I did. So I came to the house, and Romek was in his bed. Wanda was there, and they were a very simple apartment in Oakton, Virginia. And that was in January, uh, and I knew him for about seven or eight months like before he passed saying, away. Right. Yeah. And that's how you met him. Now, there's also an interesting connection, and he talks about later in the book, but you mentioned about the idea of the Christmas Eve candle. What was that about, and what was the connection to Romek? Well, when, uh, when Spasovsky and his wife Wanda defected, I think one of the great uh, pictures of the Reagan presidency is Ronald Reagan escorting Wanda and Romek out of the White House holding a big umbrella. In fact, that'll be the cover of the new edition of the book. Mm -hmm. And he's holding a, a wand around one and he's uh, guiding um, uh, Romick with the other. But Spasovsky had asked Ronald Reagan, it was right at Christmas time, if he would ask Americans to put candles in their windows. Okay. It was the solidarity crisis was going on, Lech Walesa, General Zhaozelski and the communists were trying to close in on and kind of suppress Poland. Right. So many thousands, tens of thousands of Americans put window candles in their windows, windows. at Christmas time. Right, and that, that really came because of his discussion. It was Reagan. his request to Reagan that right. Americans do that. Yeah, because he talks about in the book there was a period of time there right. where they were 
basically the death penalty if you didn't show up for work. That's right. That's how That's draconian right. it had gotten. And he and his wife were under a death penalty for seven years. They were in safe houses in the United States because the People's Republic of Poland had death warrants out on them as traitors. He was a Judas. He was a Judas, as, right. As it says there. Right. And speaking of that, you talk about these two larger-than-life people who were present and active in so many important events of the 20th century, knew by the hard lessons of life that Jesus and Jesus alone was the true liberator of the world. Did Wanda come to that earlier than he did? What was the relationship there? It was, it's a very beautiful story. It, it never made it in any of the books. I tried for years to get Wanda to write her story because it's as powerful as his, but she was curating his life and she had no time. Mm -hmm. uh, but she was a devout daily communicant. He was about four or five years older than she was. He saw her first when she was six years old okay. and fell immediately in love with her. And he was an ardent communist and, a, and, a, and an atheist. Uh, but there was, some, there was a spark of love there that was just undeniable. Right. And they ended up getting married. In fact, uh, because he was such a prominent communist, the town they got married in, the priest at the parish would not do the wedding. Right, you talk they, about that in the book. Yeah, right. and they had to they had to go out into the country in the rain and snow and find a little pastor who would do this. Was willing to do it. Was willing to do it. But he, uh, uh, it was a long progress uh, over the course of many many years. But he was never a, an apparatchik of the communist system. It, his father gave him the mission. Mm -hmm. uh, when his father came back, committed suicide okay. uh, in a park. Uh, told the 22-year-old Romek that it was his task to carry on the cause of communism for Why Poland. Why did his father commit suicide? Because he was going to be captured and tortured by the Nazis, oh, who, who had already uh, come into, uh, into Poland. Uh, and so uh, Romek was given the task. So here you are, you know, it's your father has committed suicide. He's a great public figure. You're given a task by your dad, and you carry it forward kind of out of loyalty. Right. And he did that for many, many yeah, years. Yeah, well, the Nazis went after the intelligentsia. That's right. Poland tried to cut off, as, as Pope John Paul II used to yep. destroy the history of Poland, That's basically, right. as if it didn't exist. I thought this was interesting, too, that you, you talk about in the book is where I think it one of the you know, security apparatus people approached him and said, uh, I see your wife goes to church all the time, mass all the time. And he was like, yeah, so, well, it doesn't look so good for us, you know. <laughs> well, and, and Wanda was a tough Polish woman. Mm -hmm. And she went to mass. She knew it, it totally offended the apparatchiks in the Communist Party, but she didn't care. Mm -hmm. She was really tough. And she prayed for his conversion every day of their married life even through his infidelities. Right. Now you say here that they told you when, when you showed up that, that Jesus fulfilled a promise that they would have a priest to take care of them with the sacraments in their final days on earth. And you, you talk about how they treated you like their own son. Yeah, it was uh, very moving. It's one of those, I've met one or two people in my life where the, the first encounter is like you've known these people for your whole life. Mm -hmm. And there was such a spiritual connection there and such a, a heart openness and a warmth. And he had so much faith and he had reconciled himself with his faith. Uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, Wanda had one final trip to Poland to meet uh, uh, now St. John, John Paul II. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a letter for her to carry to him on kind of the holiness of Romek's uh, passing because there was a history when they were informing with the Holy Father before they defected. And you talked about this in a sense of being a sacred story. How so? 
Well, it's the sacred story of both of their lives individually, of Wanda's individual life, of, of Romek's life of conversion and transformation, and their life as a couple. Uh, so their, their, their married life as a couple is also a sacred story along with their children. So. And, and you make the point that without Wanda, his life would have been different. He, uh, she was the anchor. She never betrayed him when he betrayed her. She prayed for him every day. He dedicated the book to her. Mm -hmm. The only dedication to my wife, uh, Wanda. So that's why I decided uh, she needed billing on the, uh, on the reprint. What's interesting here, and, and to bring this in up to date and into context, which is one of the reasons I think you were interested in this book coming out, you say one of the things she often spoke about was the cultural, political, and social trends in America that reminded her of what took place in Poland and in Europe during the growth of fascism and communism. She worried for America. You go on to say the chilling lessons of this story are probably more relevant today for USA than when this book was originally published back in 1986. How so? Right. Well, it's in 86 when it was published, we were still in the kind of the flush and optimism of the fall of the Berlin Wall, you know, that the, the communism had been destroyed. And I think the advent of the book during that period did not have, didn't give it the traction that it needed. And I think the traction is gonna happen now. Mm -hmm. uh, because I knew Wanda for 17 years after Romek passed away and would visit her frequently. And she was watching what was happening both in Poland, mm -hmm. because a lot of the communist apparatchiks were still in charge in Poland. Right. I mean, the titles had changed, mm -hmm. but they never got their land or their property back. Because oh, really? there, were, there were always, yeah. you know, hurdle after hurdle after hurdle and years after years of litigation. But she was seeing the similar things happen in the United States leading up to the rise of communism in Poland. She, she, she said she worried very, very much for America. What would be the kind of signs that you picked up in talking to her that she would see as indication of that concern? Well, I think she would see in terms, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, phoniness in the news, you know, fake reporting. I mean, they had to endure, you know, false newspaper stories. Right. Uh, there was control of the media more and more by the, uh, by the Communist Party. Uh, certain facts were suppressed that could not get out. Uh, other truths uh, were, um, you know, people who were speaking truths were imprisoned or killed. So she's seeing, she was seeing that in the United States years before we could see it as clearly as it's it happening right now. Right, it's interesting too. Yeah. You also have in, in here, George Weigel did the forward and he talks about the whole idea of the culture of the lie. And John Paul II's talking about the spiritual void. Right. And, and, and that analysis of why ultimately communism fails. Right. It's, you know, it's a lie can only be perpetrated for so long before I hope people rise and uh, speak the truth. And I think one of the compelling things that Wanda told me, and this is when Romick was still alive, uh, and it's a story that I think is uh, very salient for American Catholics and Americans uh, in general, is that on the second trip of uh, St. Pope John Paul II to Poland, mm -hmm. Uh, they were there with a delegation of the communist elite, General Zerzelski, who was the premier, the puppet of, uh, of uh, Moscow, mm -hmm. and the Holy Father, and Romek and Wanda were there, and she said the general's legs were shaking like wet noodles. Mm -hmm. And she said he was not afraid of the Pope. She said General Zerzelski had become frightened of about one to two percent 
of the Polish people who had lost their fear of the communist regime and were willing to die for the cause of freedom. And it's the same thing in the American Revolution. It was one to two percent who went out there and stood in front and gave the other people courage. So I think that's a very important lesson to learn. It's not going to be the whole culture that transforms. It's going to be the few who see the truth and say, I will not take this anymore and I give my life for it. Unfortunately, it works the other way too. Sometimes right. a small group can transition exactly. and you find yourself in some sort of cancel culture. That's right. And everybody's trying to figure out where did this come from? Right. Right. And he talks about also the earth. The land of Poland was indeed renewed by the revolution of conscience that John Paul II ignited between June 2nd and June 10th, 1979. And one of those who experienced the rise of the solidarity movement in 1980 as a moment of both national renewal and spiritual awakening was Romek himself. Right. And for people who forget about the whole solidarity movement, what was that about? Well, this is, uh, Romek told me the story. Of course, he couldn't, uh, when the, the Pope had his first visit to Poland, he could not as a communist official attend. Mm. And he was listening from about four blocks away mm. with the loudspeakers. And uh, th this was deep into, he went through a very long intellectual conversion where he was seeing the corruption of communism, the bleeding of Poland by the Soviet Union, the falseness of the communist ideology. So, you know, even though he had this um, command from his father to carry on, the, the interior uh, logic was crumbling. Right. So the Pope is elected, the Polish Pope, he comes to Poland. Romek is telling me he's listening from blocks away and he's hearing the Pope calling down the Holy Spirit on this land at this time. Mm -hmm. And he said just chills went through him. Really? And I think that was the beginning of his final turning and realizing that he couldn't stay any longer. Well, he talked about here as, as, as well, George Weigel mentions that he, he was given this, the grace of spiritual victory some four years before Solidarity's political triumph when he was baptized by Cardinal John Kroll in Philadelphia and what he describes in his memoir as the greatest day of my life. Yes. He said by joining himself to Christ, he concludes, he felt at last at one with Poland's martyred people. Yes, and that was after his defection to the United States. And I met Cardinal Kroll uh, before he passed away, and we talked about Romek, and I saw the chapel, his house chapel in uh, Philadelphia where he was baptized. Yeah. Now, it's interesting, he actually refers to him, it says, and morally speaking, he considered him the first ambassador of free Poland to the United States. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, Romek's career is a stellar career. He was, he was the Polish representative to the Nuremberg War Trials. He was the ambassador uh, uh, to Argentina under the Perones. Mm -hmm. He was ambassador to the U.S. under John F. Kennedy. He was ambassador to India under Indira Gandhi. And then he ended his career as ambassador to the U.S. A under Ronald Reagan. A real witness to history. A real as you, witness, as you, right. as you talk and about And he it. kept detailed notes. And you read his book, and they say, well, how did he remember all that? He kept all these notes, and he secured them when they fled the embassy in Washington, D.C. I was going to say, because I know there were right. some discussions. It's, it's interesting right. because the spy part of it, right. where he, who can he trust? Right. The safe that he locked had been opened. Right. You know, who was spying on him. Right. The concerns. Also, the interaction with the Russian, uh, Debrinin. Yeah, Debrinin, right. Right, and the, some of the names, you, Gromyko's name shows up. Right. And, and you could see the control the Russians had over what Poland was doing yeah. at this time. I think it's, it, it's, it's an incredible history of the 20th century 
uh, for anyone who wants a deeper look from the perspective of, of the Second World War, the rise of communism. It's just really very profound book. Right, and he talks about later on when he finally decides and he uses this expression with his wife. I turned to my wife, whose eyes were filled with anxiety. The die is cast. Yeah. There's no going back. No going back. And that happened, you know, the, uh, Wanda, uh, on all of their diplomatic career, she loved to go back to Poland through Rome because she always wanted to go to Assisi. And uh, Romek always went with her. So there was the knowledge that for 35 plus years, Anytime the Swissovskis flew back to Poland, they always came through Rome, so there was no mystery to it. Right. Nothing to suspect. He had made the turn, and when he decided he needed to defect, they would still go to Rome, they would go to Assisi, which, by the way, he said was the only place in his whole life where he ever felt any peace, even early in their marriage. But he would secretly meet with Pope John Paul II to tell him what was happening in the internal workings of the Communist Party. Oh, okay. uh, so there were secret meetings uh, that, the, uh, uh, that the Communist officials in Poland were not aware of. And so he used that, that long history of those trips to Rome and right. Assisi for that. And, and it's kind of interesting how he relates his own kind of dark night to the dark night of what was going on in Poland, yeah. the activity of the religious and Catholic organization had been forbidden, the cruel night of darkness and silence spread over my country, right, and and that was kind of the last straw for him. Yeah, especially when when as you talked about earlier, the the press reports might be, oh, everything's wonderful and everybody's cooperating, and, and there was a lot of concern even him as being the ambassador. How are you presenting Poland? How are you presenting the relationship with Russia in the United States? Who are you meeting right. with in the United States? Right. Right. Who are you talking to? Right, right. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, like I said, it's something that took him a long time from the, uh, from the command of the father to carry on the cause uh, to the realization that the communist system was not the salvation of humankind, but was its death. And uh, that took him a long time to reconcile. But he finally did. So He says, I wanted to keep my protest alive, to let my voice be heard. I wanted to write. I began what seemed a hundred books in my head in endless permutations on scores of crumpled sheets of paper. Should it be a political essay, an anti-communist tract, a history of the Polish people? Yet another book concluding that communism was wrong. I decided I need only start at the beginning and tell it absolutely as it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's really what this book is about. What, uh, in going to his story, he talks about KOR members in Krakow. What was the KOR? Uh, I'd have to go back and look at that. I don't remember that reference. Okay, it was uh, some Catholic organization. I think he was involved. He also talks about at the same time the World Congress. This is always great. This is great stuff for those who remember the way the double speak of the right. old. At the, the World Congress for Builders of Peace, right, right, right. was held in, in Warsaw. 1,500 people from all their countries were involved. Yes, you all know. those Orwellian phrases. Right, exactly. Right, he said right. there was an exquisite absurdity in, the, right. in what they were talking about. It's, yeah, the, 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 the Committee for Peace is really planning right. the next war is usually how that happened, right? And this, this is, a, uh, I think, an important uh, point of the love that uh, Romek had for Wanda. My very first meeting with him when he was in bed, we did mass at his bedside. And he had bone cancer, which is very painful and he refused any painkillers. Oh, really? Okay. Because he said, he said Wanda was faithful and present to him his entire life, mm -hmm. 
and he wanted nothing to alter his mind or his emotions, and he wanted to be as present to her as possible in the remaining months that he had. So I think that tells you, you know, kind of the bond of love and the great appreciation that he had for his wife. Interesting story also talks about the Carter visit and, uh, and yeah. kind of all uh, uh, behind the scenes things going. The, uh, the Central Committee was concerned. He was too soft on the Americans. Right. Uh, the, the issue of Cardinal Brzezinski ultimately saw a secret meeting that happened right. with with Brzezinski and actually yeah. Mrs. Carter. Yes, yeah. There was amazing things that he has so much, uh, so much witness to so much of the history of the 20th century because of his positions. Uh, and uh, many, many people turned to him and he knew dozens and dozens of people in all sorts of countries because of his different posts. It's also interesting because uh, Brennan brought up the fact that they didn't like Brzezinski, of course, because he was Polish and they believed that he poisoned the Americans on what was going right. on in Poland. Right, right. And it was also, and of course his daughter actually works on MSNBC, if people right. know who that is today. That's right. And he talks about also the idea, I thought it was interesting that you had at one time, you had uh, Zbigniew Brzezinski, you had Muskie, you had this, and, and then the Pope, you had this triumvirate there of Polish leaders all at once at the time when this was all going on. And, and they, everyone was always very guarded in what they said. You know, the conversation was always very polite. If you've ever gotten a letter from the, the Vatican or the Holy Father, it's just all very generalized. You know, thank you so much. You know, you're in our prayers. <laughs> so all the conversations that really mattered happened in much more clandestine ways. Right. It's interesting. He said, everyone was agreed on one point. We had to lie low and wait for instructions from Warsaw. Just the idea of whatever else was going on. As, as mentioned earlier, excerpts from the Polish press poured in. Uh, the party, uh, Politica, whatever, argued that the Pope was a representative for a nation that was today building a developed socialist society. Atheists and Catholics in Poland live in creative and productive coexistence. Yeah. We, there's a word for that. We can't say it on EWTN. Right, anymore, right. right. <laughs> but that's the kind of thing where you get, like you said earlier, this Orwellian kind of... It's newspeak. It's yeah, newspeak. It, it, right. Totally opposite of actually right. what was going on right. at the time. And it's just interesting, too, because you get the idea, well, he's over in the States and he's deciding to... But he goes back and forth, like you said. And I always think he's over there some period of time. I keep thinking and reading the story. You, you know, will they let him go back? Will they decide maybe he's not the right person, maybe you should stay here, maybe you should be replaced. Because he was talking about, he was talking about retiring, right? Yes. But he was like short of retirement age or whatever yeah. like that and they wanted him to do this. Yeah, and I don't know where he got the idea, but the opening chapter which, I, uh, which you read, yeah. it reads like a Tom Clancy novel. Right, right. Because it is the KGB and the, uh, the uh, FBI and the CIA closing in on the Polish embassy in Washington, D.C., and it really is a very fast-paced, very, very gripping story of their escape from the embassy because the, the Polish embassy was extraterritorial and the KGB could have, you know, whisked them out of there and flown them out of the country. So right. They, got, they left with very few artifacts, uh, some that they gave me, a pair of crystal candlesticks that were belonged to her grandmother, which I gave to Tim Bush for his 60th birthday. Oh, did you really? Yeah. No. It's interesting too, there was even this like aside where they talked about the fact that some of the people were, were not thrilled about the, the embassy and what was happening because they, there was no club, nor was there a decent preschool for the children's staff. And he said, excuse me, but the embassy is not a club. 
and they said, yes, apparently your wife is always in church, like I said before. That's her business. She's always gone to church, always will. No one could forbid her for that. It's not her business alone. She's the wife and an ambassador. People view her example and people talk. Right. <laughs> and he had to put up with that. And that was part of her strength. You know, she just wasn't going to play along. She was going to be faithful to him, but she wasn't going to go along with what was expected of an ambassador's wife from, for communist Poland. It was interesting. Brzezinski looked closely at me and said, are you a communist? I said, I'm a member of the party. There were probably few people in Poland who have been in it as long as I have. So yes, officially I am. The reality is something else, but that's not important. It's a long story. My father was an ardent communist. And then he goes on to the fact, yes, Izzy, he, he died in 1941. Yeah, right. committed suicide. Right. And obviously, as part of, even though uh, Stalin made the deal, uh, uh, the Nazis went in, and their goal was to get rid of the communists. Anything right. that was basically right. uh, would cause them a problem with the occupation. So Yes. So what would you think Wanda and Romick would think today about your attempt to republish this and their feelings about supporting it, let's say, in prayer? I uh, feel their presence very strongly uh, when this project started. I have a little um, metal image of Our Lady of Chustahova, which Wanda gave to me. It's just a little tin thing that you would have gotten at the shrine. Mm -hmm. And so she bought that when Romek was in his wandering days mm -hmm. and prayed ardently to the Blessed Mother that her faith would remain secure. So she gave that to me. It's right at my door as I go out, along with a little miraculous medal that uh, 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 Mother Teresa of Calcutta oh. gave me. Okay. So I put my hand over that and I pray for them because all of them have passed away now. Their son, Kaitush, uh, committed suicide, that's the official story, when he was ambassador to India. And they were convinced that the KGB was trying to turn their son uh, uh, and have him betray the dad so he couldn't take the pressure, so he committed suicide. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, Misha, the daughter, got breast cancer from, basically from uh, chemical pollutants in Poland. She died before Wanda, so she lost her son, her husband, and her daughter. Right. And people would get angry with her. They wanted to take her out to the mall in Virginia, and she, she wanted to go to the cemetery. They said, you're so morbid. She said, no, I want to be with the people I love. Love, right. Right. Right, and they've moved on, and now hopefully right. they're all together. Well, thank you so much okay. for bringing us to our attention. Romek and Wanda, the great political faith and love story of the 20th century. Thank you so much. Thank you, Doug. Father Watson, for great. joining us. And Appreciate thank you it. for joining us here for this special EWTN bookmark coming to you from Napa. The book's available through our EWTN religious catalog, EWTNRC.com, all things Catholic. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Thank you.